Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, JB, and Mike Molina. And we will be right back, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business that started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Well, we're trying to hold off as long as we possibly could, but uh, there was another school shooting, this time at a college in, where was it, Central Michigan? Central. Apparently it was... Oh, it says Ohio school shooter changed mind at last second. There was going to be one in Ohio, but what were you saying, JB? No, I was going to say that this was Central Michigan. Two people were killed and the gunman ran away, and as soon as I heard that, I went, oh, that's a domestic. Yep, it was a domestic dispute. Yep. Really? Mm -hmm. Tell me about it. Which makes it not really a school shooting, but... No, because they weren't people, students. People have to inflate those statistics. Right. They weren't even students at the, at the school. They Probably two workers were caught up in something, and the jolted 19-year-old... The guy they're looking for is a 19-year-old black male. It was probably a jilted lover, and he killed the two people. 5'10 and 135 pounds. Oh, yeah, two what? Rather thin. What? Yeah. Wouldn't that make him like underweight technically? That'd be really real thin. Five ten and hundred and thirty five? Let's see what his BMI would be. He's looking at his BMI. I'd like to know the BMI but, of the yeah, shooter. Soon as I soon when they first framed it that way, I just said, Oh no, mm-hmm. that's a domestic issue. 
That's not. No, how, how did they frame it? That's a, that's how they no, said. Two the, people were killed. Yeah, he and, just and he just ran off yeah. campus. He just shot oh, a couple of people and ran because if right. he, if it was a school shooter, he would just shoot as many people as he could because that's, that's what true. they do. That's very true. No. no oh, it's question. his parents. He shot and killed his own parents. Oh, that's, that's what. What? It was. what? That's what twenty-five WPBF News says. Okay. Well, that's not good. Well, where is the story on the? I'm at StarTribune.com and I can't even find the this story. This was just updated ten minutes ago. Well, where's the story here? Because there's no. It's not a mass shooting, so it's not. Because oh, it, so this isn't bad enough. Right. Well, yeah. So you kill your parents, I that's mean, not bad Killing enough. your parents isn't great, but it's also, it's a lot different than killing 20 random people. I was so, what do you guys think about, you know, our, don't, does this not sort of make you feel like we need gun control, all of this? Doesn't it? Or I have a feeling the kind of kid who it. kills his parents doesn't, you know, go through the most legal avenues no, to get a gun. Probably not. Well, and it's I'm, Michigan. It's like, you know, you can get a gun. In Michigan, I understand that, but I just I I just really think that we need to make it a lot harder for people that want guns to get guns. Well, and again, that's all there is to it. Well, then build that wall, and and you can't get bullets unless you bring in your old clips. The the president the the president old shells, you mean, or whatever he um bullet casings. He um framed it poorly, but. He's right. I mean, everything needs to be put on the table and discussed. And part of that is... Yeah, I think that's true, yeah. Part of that is mental health. And we let mental health just degrade so badly in this country now that now, you know, now we're paying the price for it. Yeah, we just give yeah. everybody a pill and say, see you later. Right. Hope it works. Yep. And then when yeah, it does, I, I, they act out. That's pretty much the deal. A 19-year-old man fatally. I had to go to three different websites to even find this story. That's amazing. That's I don't understand this. Well, when it, a 19-year-old man. No, I was just going to say when it happened, we got a ding at work telling that there, there was a oh, school yeah. shooting, and then we went to go to the TV to look for it. And by the time we got to that point, they were already talking about Trump again, which told me that there was <laughs> it wasn't anything. Yeah. God. Unbelievable. Do you, d- does that happen every time there's a school shooting? Do you get a ping because you work at a school? Uh, that or the guy I work with has uh, those news uh, alerts on his phone. So one of the oh, two. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. I see. A 19-year-old man fatally shot two people Friday at Central Michigan University remains on the loose. Police said shots were fired on the campus at one of the dorms, according to a tweet from the school. There's been a report of shots fired at Campbell Hall on campus. Suspect is still at large. Police advise all to take shelter. If you see something suspicious, call 911. CMU made an automated uh, call to students and faculty saying police are responding to shots fired on the fourth floor of Campbell Hall, according to WXYZ. A local ABC News affiliate. Two people were shot and killed. Others may be injured as well. According to the Morning Sun News, the school is still on lockdown, as are all other area schools in Isabella County, and the FBI is en route to investigate. The suspect reportedly fled on foot, and police say he is considered armed and dangerous. They don't say a thing about it. So you found a story that said... I found it on Twitter. His kid... It, it, it was he there. shot his parents. He shot his parents. Mm-hmm. But that's on Twitter. Well, it was. it's from a news station. They tweeted it out. I wonder if that's accurate, though. I don't know. That Twitter, Facebook stuff, I don't know if I trust that stuff I, at that's all. That's like the third reference to him shooting his parents. Oh, it is. So I'm guessing that it's probably true. 
and from different news news yeah freep.com says it was his parents um wilx.com says it was his parents okay well that's different then it's all those sites and they knew who who he is now james eric davis jr Mm -hmm. james eric davis jr Mm -hmm. cmu police yeah oh wait what Oh, he overdosed on drugs yesterday and just got out of the hospital. Oh, God. So, yeah. So he wasn't thinking clearly? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, either there's some sort of residual effect of whatever drug he was taking or, I don't know, maybe he was, who knows. Yeah, I posted a thing on my, uh, uh, an article on my Facebook page the other day about how um, in Japan, to get a gun, you have to take a full day class, you have to prove that you're decent marksman and you have to get references from other people regarding your mental state in japan they don't have the bloods and the crips and you can't walk across the border and get a machine gun right that's the thing island island countries always do really well in controlling guns because they're islands it's easy to control things when you're an island yeah that is true is it true your mom was telling me the other day that you cannot buy a handgun in japan Guns are very rare in Japan. Yeah, that's what I understand. That you that you can buy a hunting rifle or a shotgun. You cannot buy assault rifle. You can't buy automatic or semi-automatic weapons. You can't buy a handgun. Yeah, you can't buy any of those. Yeah, most countries, if you want to get a gun, the first thing you do is join a shooting club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or the just, army. Yeah, and you have to usually wait twenty-eight to thirty days as the cooling off period. Right. Well, no one ever brings up Switzerland, which has every adult is mandated to have a gun in their home because they're all like enlisted or something but no one ever shoots anyone in switzerland that's because so the problem is clearly not guns it's people who are crazy switzerland also is a very closed society exactly they don't let anybody in unless they have a lot of money they do and and intend to open up a business i think that's absolutely they don't have a lot of you know people just running around that they don't know but to uh, answer an earlier question for you, Tom, about my phone pinging, remember the mm-hmm. week of the Super Bowl and the, yeah. the, the dummy destroyed the hotel room on campus? No, I didn't know about that. You, you heard the story about the guy that... Oh, with the two women and right. that whole deal? Yep. Oh, yeah, I did hear that. Yep. Well, starting at 6 o'clock that morning, my phone buzzed every half an hour. Given How annoying. Every, Giving us all updates about what was, you know, they wouldn't say what exactly was going on, but how, but they did say there was an incident on campus, don't worry about it, but traffic is affected here, here, and here, and this building so is closed. No classes. It was a guy at, at, at the, he was a guy at a hotel, and he had right. two women with him, and what was the problem? He was boozing it up, and he had guns. What was that all about? Oh, he was a wanted person i think there's oh, a okay. warrant for him in arizona mm. but um so the one of the women got nervous or something and called the authorities and then when he got there he started acting out that's when he started throwing good. started throwing stuff out the window and hanging out the window <laughs> and god all that craziness but all the craziness yeah the, the, the other thing i was going to say uh, you notice you also don't hear these shootings happening in major cities like Detroit, Chicago, St. Louis, 
That's yeah, so, so common. Everybody just shoots everybody in Detroit. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. Well, that, that's part of it. The other thing is, going back to the days when I was in high school, we already had metal detectors in high school, and we already had armed security. So it was kind of yeah. like you kind of knew not to come to the school because you'd probably get taken out right away. So it's Very true. Even at Rogers High, we had a cop uh, on duty all the time. I thought all schools had cops on duty. Remember the bomb scare? No. The police had to come to our house to get it out of Alex, who it was? No. You don't remember this? I probably was... No, you were around. I probably was just like, oh, I can sleep in today. Okay. That's really nice. That's nice. Alex came home and said, there's, there's going to be a bomb scare tomorrow. Can I stay home from school? And I'm like, what do you mean there's going to be a bomb scare? How yeah, do you, you know about You should probably tell someone about yeah, that. So I said, well, who is it? Who isn't? She's like, I'm not going to tell you. And I said, okay, uh, you have to tell me. And she refused to tell me. So I called the school and I said, my daughter's saying that there's going to be a bomb scare tomorrow. I had cops on my front door in five minutes. And well, they yeah, in, they take like, that pretty seriously. Said, Where's Alex? She came downstairs and her eyes were like giant plates. She's like, what the? What? Cops? What? Me? She's like, I don't know, 14, 13, 14. And they're like, Alex, we need to talk to you. I'm like, what? Yeah. She, she spilled the beans in three seconds. Scared straight still works in some cases. It does indeed. Oh, no yeah. Question. Oh, she was terrified. And yeah, I mean, those kids, they had said it, but they thought it was hilarious and everybody got the day off and the it was just a big disaster. I mean, nothing ever happened, but it was ridiculous. So the bomb threat they thought was hilarious. They thought it was funny. Kids were dumb. That, yeah, they said, okay. thought it was funny. Well, because I told the you cops about went that. to their house and they took their computers and their parents, and one of their parents well, yeah. was, was a lawyer, so they were going to sue everybody, oh, and it was God. just yeah, mm. turned into a big thing. No, if your kid makes a bomb threat, you have no uh, legal grounds for, yeah. you can't take my stuff, because, well, it's like I told you that, uh, the one story about that it was like a 14-year-old girl or something who tweeted American Airlines that her name was like, you know, Muhammad something something and she was going to blow up this one flight at this time because she thought it was so hilarious. Really? And the FBI said, uh, that is not so funny and, you know, went after her big time because you can't say that no. kind of thing. Even if you're a 14-year-old girl, you're it's not you're funny. just not allowed to say that kind of thing. No. I don't know if you guys remember this, but after 9-11 in 2001... Everybody, including your far lefty uh, liberals, were going after uh, after the culture of uh, terrorism. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what Robert De Niro said on Saturday Night Live? No, I don't. He was doing a report on uh, on terrorists, and remember the guy's name that he remember this. This nobody's more liberal than Robert De Niro because he's an expert on everything, and you know. Uh, turned from one of the best actors in the world to one of the worst actors in the world. I don't know what the hell happened to him, but he was phenomenal, and then he just hit the wall. Made too much money. I guess it must have been what it was, but he was good in comedies. He was good in gangster movies. He was good in a lot of things, but then all of a sudden he just, Grandpa's a jerk or whatever his last movie was. I don't know what <laughs> oh, it was. Oh, yeah, Bad Grandpa or whatever. Bad, oh, whatever. Oh, God. God. Well, we were talking they about so power corrupts and money is power, so. That's true. So you were saying this... Fame. This girl used the name Muhammad, but the name he used was Hajit Madrors. <laughs> oh. Remember what? that? He did. 
The police have seen Hajit Madrors. <laughs> mm. <laughs> wow. And that's still uh, recorded somewhere there, Mr. De Niro, so I wouldn't get too uh, high and mighty about other people's <laughs> statements if I were you. Here we go. A 14-year-old Dutch girl named Sarah. A Dutch girl. At American Air, hello, my name's Ibrahim, and I'm from Afghanistan. I'm part of Al-Qaeda, and on June 1st, I'm going to do something really big. Bye. Oh, that's and good. When was this? Uh, this was in 2014. Hilarious nice What job. happened to her? Did, did she end up... Uh, they forwarded her IP and such. Well, Twitter forwarded her IP and other details to the FBI. Uh, she was charged with something under Dutch law, but since, you know, it's it was yeah. in the Netherlands, then we don't really know what exactly what happened. But, mm. yeah, they did, they did charge her with a crime. Well, wait a second. If it was in the Netherlands, and Katie Kirk tells me that they ice skate to uh, work every day on the yeah, canal. She probably just skated down a river, <laughs> and they never skated, found her again. She skated down a canal and disappeared. This is in June. No ice. No, no, not according to Katie no Kirk. Year-round. Year-round skating. She also said they used to, they love to rape each other, and she she meant to say race each other. Uh-oh. She may be drinking, perhaps. I don't yeah, know. maybe. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. I've started up another round at the new Nutramost Plymouth location, and those unwanted pounds, they're going fast. Unlike any other weight loss program, Nutramost is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Nutramost of Plymouth is hosting a free informational dinner where you too can learn how to have success losing weight just like me. Neil Sheehy, Nutramost client, an owner who played nine years in the NHL and is an agent to some of the NHL's current top players, will be at the dinner. It's Tuesday, April 3rd, 6 p.m. at Jake's City Grill in Plymouth, located around the corner from Nutramost, just off Highway 55 and 494. Space is limited, so call 763-333-7337 now to register. That's 763-333-7337. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to hanging out on the dock with family and friends. Let Flow enhance your experience with their rock-solid dock systems. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Flow boat lifts are a breeze to level using a cordless drill with their patented Easy Level system. Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. Visit Flow at the Northwest Sports Show at the Minneapolis Convention Center, March 22nd through the 25th. Be sure to ask for the show special, where with a qualified purchase, you'll receive a free three-piece furniture set or free wireless remote. And mention you heard this ad on KQ for an additional $50 off a dock or lift system. To find out more about Flow Systems, visit their website at floeintl.com. Flow Docks and Lifts. A better way. What's his name? Come on, I know his name. You always know. His name is Kiyu Sakamoto. The song is called Sukiyaki, and the, the singer's name is Kiyu Sakamoto. And that thing sold millions of copies in the United States and worldwide. That was a huge song. I think Enka was brand new at the time. What was? 
Enka. That's the um, genre of that kind of song. Oh, and, it is. And it's like it's basically like Japanese lounge singing, and <laughs> oh. it was it was popular for a very brief period. But while it was yeah. popular, it, it was like disco. That single, the ten minutes it was popular was. Uh, it's uh, it, it sold popular. thirteen million copies worldwide. Thirteen yeah. million. That's a soothing song. Not bad. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, he died when he was like twenty-seven. So. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think he died. He bad. died when he was like forty. Forty-three. He died. Wow, that's different than he died. Uh, <laughs> didn't, remember, we talked about this a while back. He died in that airplane crash. Yep, he died in a plane oh, that's crash. Right. Oh yeah, Japan Airlines flight one two three. Yep. I have to clear something up. Okay. Yesterday, I was talking about something. I don't even remember what. And I said consensus, and I meant census. What? <laughs> and nobody even caught it. What I kind did. of people are you? I did, but I like you looking foolish. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's what I, I know. I was like, an hour later, I'm like, did I say consensus when I meant census? <laughs> and uh, it's been bugging me ever since. So there, worked out. I know the word. There is a. How about uh, this pork? I was just going to say, there is an RB version of that song, by the way. Oh, there was? Yeah. All Ue because. Aruko? Yeah. All AKA because Sukiyaki. of you, I feel so sad and. Blue. Oh, that was taste oh. of honey. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You were. You've mentioned this before, actually. You being dad. Yeah, I worked. As a matter of fact, I worked at Capitol Records, and they were on Capitol Records, and uh, I promoted that song. As a matter of fact. Oh, did you? 1980. Yep. I promoted that song. Was was at Capitol Records in 1980. It was actually a very nice version. They did a very, very sweet sounding version of it. There was one even earlier than that. There was Jewel Aikens, 1966. Well, when did Tsukiyaki come out? Was that the late 50s? That could have been much later than early 60s. Yeah, 63. So it was pretty. Jewel Aikens, Aikens. I don't know. Aikens. Yeah. Uh, He recorded it pretty quickly. I'm pretty sure Jewel Aikens is a woman, isn't it? No. Jewel is a guy? <laughs> you would think that with a name like Jewel, it would be a girl, but no. I would think so. Well, he looks Indian, so I'm guessing, you know, it could just be like... You mean from India? Yes. So maybe like, you know... He's made a name up. <laughs> well, he was in a, a band called The Four Dots, so yes, I'm guessing he was Indian. The Four Dots? Oh, You're God. making that up. Nope. They call their band The Four Dots. Well, were, oh, God. There was The Four Tops, and then there was The Four Dots. Yeah. hilarious. Don't worry about a thing. Everything is, everything is covered. This is actually a very sweet story. I, I saw this story this morning, and it's really, really a nice story, to tell you the truth. Oh, He's the guy who's saying the birds and the bees. Let, Let me tell t- you yeah, about the exactly. birds and That's the who bees that was. and the flowers and the trees. Interesting. And a thing called love. Great song. There's a 45-year-old guy in England named Pete Bridgman, whose wife Debbie has been battling stage 2 breast cancer. So to support her, he wore a pink wig every day for three straight months. Debbie ordered it online on a whim. Then one of Aww. Pete's friends offered him money if he wore it. He gave him 20 pounds, which is just under 30 bucks. After that, Pete started wearing it to raise money for charity. In three months from November through January, he raised about $5,000, and he even wore it for their wedding back in December. Debbie had to wear a wig because of her chemo, so she decided to, he decided to wear his wig, too, even in the wedding photos. Pete says he started going bald when he was 17, so it was kind of fun to have hair again, even though it was pink. The best news is Debbie is on the road to recovery. She has to get uh, shot every three weeks and take a special pill for the next five years, but she's done with all of her other cancer treatments. 
There's some photo. There's a photo right there. Look at this photo of Pete and Debbie. <laughs> and by the way, they're uh, British, so they both have horrible teeth. <laughs> Why do the Brits have such horrible teeth? They don't, they don't fluoridate their water. They don't. Well, there's that, and they don't uh, really do braces like we do. So no, their they teeth. Don't. I mean, humans. If you don't really, really pay attention to our teeth, they grow in horribly because we just didn't evolve teeth correctly, I guess. Oh, really? That really? But so yeah, if um, if you most people if they don't have braces or something like that, their teeth are going to grow in crooked. I didn't know that. Yep, well, Japan's we, actually the same way. We touched on crooked it earlier in the seen, week. Uh, about, did we? Remember people like it was a crazy number of people that are afraid of the dentist and also do not like yeah. brushing. I couldn't believe the number. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do not like brushing. They, yeah, oh, they yeah it was like a third brushing. of people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, no, How thank you. How can you not brush your teeth? I know. Yeah, it's gross. Like, Unpleasant. Oh, man. What are you talking I can't about? stand it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you mind if I, I sit back a little bit are... because no. your breath is very bad? It really is. <laughs> <laughs> That was Donald Trump talking to Larry King. <laughs> what, a, what a horrible guy he can be at times. He's always been that way, though. Yeah. Well, he yeah. he specifically did that to make Larry feel uncomfortable. He did, yeah. Yeah, he said, like, oh, I can make anyone feel uncomfortable, which, I mean, good job, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very strange thing to brag about. but Only for you. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Would you mind sitting back because your breath is very, very bad? <laughs> And Larry King goes, what? It is? <laughs> Poor guy. He's like, my breath is terrible? <laughs> Pro-gun Georgia lawmakers scored a political victory Thursday over Delta Airlines, making good on Republican threats to deny the company a hefty tax break after it cut ties with the NRA, the AP reports. The State House and Senate, within hours of each other, passed a sweeping tax bill that Republicans had amended to strip out a sales tax exemption, sales tax exemption, excuse me, on jet fuel. Atlanta-based Delta would have been the prime beneficiary of the tax break, which would have been worth an estimated $38 million. GOP uh, Governor Nathan Deal criticized the Delta controversy as an unbecoming squabble, but said he would sign the broader tax measure in whatever form it passed. The Senate's presiding officer is Republican Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle, who vowed Monday to stop any tax break that would benefit Delta, sparking a showdown at the state capitol between gun rights supporters and one of Georgia's largest private employers. I did not Delta is one of the largest private employers in Georgia. Uh, oh, yeah. I totally believe I, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely do. Yeah. Well, consider the fact that literally every flight on Earth goes through Georgia, yeah. even if it's like, you know, China to Korea. It'll go, it'll go through Atlanta anyway somehow. It is true. A lot of flights go in. It's the busiest airport in the world. I know that. Rank-and-file Republicans in the Senate stood by Cagle's threat to squash the jet fuel perk, which he announced Monday with a tweet that said, Corporations cannot attack conservatives and expect us not to fight back. Delta's decision to stop offering NRA members discounted fares was announced in the wake of the deadly shooting at Parkland High School. So wait, NRA members got discounted airline tickets? Yeah, I don't really understand that either. <laughs> yeah, why? That <laughs> yeah, sense. it's just like being a member of... Triple A or AARP. Oh, you get cuts? Yeah. You get breaks? Yeah. Oh, but I mean, I guess. I guess if, yeah, if the NRA like cut a deal with Delta or something, then, you know, they have to honor it. It's weird, but, you know, that's not really their choice to just say, screw you, we're breaking our contract. I suppose. Did you see what happened in Minnesota because of that? No. It's snowed. Our, our home state. <laughs> a couple of uh, lawmakers said, hey, why don't you come back to Minnesota? 
uh, because it's your home anyway. Because Delta Airlines bought Northwest right. Airlines. So why don't you just come home and we'll give you a tax break? Because that's what we do in Minnesota is give everybody a tax break. <laughs> Except for, of course, the you know people, the people that, that work. actually work. Yeah. Right. They don't get a tax break, but everybody else does. Well, did you? Did I you, don't know. What are you going to do? Did you hear that we have another surplus? Of what? Of money. Money? Yeah, yeah I would guess money. Well, I thought wait. we were like no. 17 billion mm. in debt or something. Yeah, we had no. a surplus, then it was all gone, and we don't know what happened to it, and now nope. we have a surplus again? Did they find we, it? We have another surplus. Oh, we do. must have found yep. it. Gee, isn't it interesting we have surpluses in election years? <laughs> isn't that just fascinating how there, every election year there's a surplus going on? $329 million surplus yeah, amid right. federal tax changes, right. apparently. Oh so, so, oh, so Trump's tax changes benefited Minnesota by $329 million? Uh-huh. I don't really understand that. Now, I will tell you this. Catherine and I are actually hurt by the Trump tax plan because you can't write off... Um, pretty much anything anymore, like your your property taxes over a certain amount, or your uh, you can't write off interest over a certain amount either, or whatever. So basically, Catherine and I took a hit because of the tax break because we're not a C corp or anything like that. But um, for some reason, people, the average person out there, the average working person, and certainly poor people think that anybody who makes more than uh, you know, seventy grand a year, something like that, got a huge tax break. It's not. It's not even close to true. You know, and then of course, while saying they got a huge tax break, then you had uh, people like Nancy Pelosi saying, "Well, it's just crumbs." Well, it's either a huge tax break or it's crumbs. It can't be both. <laughs> it can't possibly be bro- both. Remember when we used to watch the show "My Six Hundred Pound Life"? Yes, I do. Remember when I used to ask. Why doesn't anybody ever die on this show? These people are over 600 pounds and nobody ever dies. I have a feeling they do. Well, apparently it's now happened. Yeah, we're just not seeing it. TLC reality show, My 600-Pound Life Profiles, the efforts of the obese to lose weight. But viewers were given heartbreaking news in this week's episode. Robert Buchel, a New Jersey man who weighed 842 pounds at the start of the episode, did not survive filming. The 41-year-old who went on a strict diet for months and lost more than 200 pounds before surgery to lose more weight died suddenly of a heart attack on November 15th last year, people report. Uh, people reports Bouchel, who moved from New Jersey to Texas with fiance Catherine Lemansky for the treatment, was addicted to painkillers and he became depressed after the surgery. At one point, tearing out his stitches in a bid to give him more drugs. Oh, yeah, yikes. Robert okay. battled an addiction and lo- but lost, but he never gave up. What do you mean he never gave up? He tore out his own stitches. Dr. Yunan Nalzaradin. That's Dr. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Now, yep. With a great dye job. Would let me just point something out to you. If you don't uh, cut back on your eating, you're not going to be able to do the surgery on you. <laughs> I love that he, he has black dyed hair, and you can tell he's yeah, about 75 so years old. It's jet black, yeah. It is jet black hair. <laughs> Bouchelle is the first person to have died during the filming of the TLC show, which is now in its sixth season. In a Facebook post, Lemansky called the death a robbery beyond words saying that after a hard life, Bouchelle had finally started having hope for the future. The night before he passed, he told me, if I don't wake up tomorrow, please know that I have always loved you, she said. TLC was deeply saddened by the death and is grateful to his family, who were gracious enough to let us continue to share his brave story with our viewers, the network said in a statement to Fox. 
The problem is the man was 842 pounds oh, and a drug addict. 800 and what? 42. 42 pounds. He's, that is many pounds. He could have marched right to 900 pounds. Yep. I mean, uh, it, it, how big is that? You know, Seinfeld got ripped mightily because he made fun of that whole thing. What about these shows they have on television? These people come in, they weigh 600 pounds. They lose about 15, 20 pounds, and all of a sudden everybody's going, don't turn sideways, I won't be able to see you. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently people did not find that funny. No. Come on, it's Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, what do you, what do you expect them to do? No, I haven't watched that show in a long time. Which one? My 600 pounds. Yeah, we haven't watched that in a long time. It got too depressing. Well, it's kind of the same thing every time. The problem that I had with the show was that the people that they they went through this whole program or they they went through it and then they found out that it was hard. And then they started making excuses why they didn't have to follow Uh it. And then they'd come in and they wouldn't lose any weight and then they would blame the doctor. Because they were eating, you know, all the stuff that they weren't supposed to. It's like, do you want to make the change or not? Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, it just, it got, uh, I don't know. Well, the, I, mean, I feel bad for them that they yes. got that kind of an eating disorder. Well, but, exactly. geez. But, I mean, it's a situation where, where it got too depressing to watch mm-hmm. because people would go to Dr. Nawazaruddin, Nawazaruddin or whatever his name was, Dr. Now, and they would come, go back home and they were going to move to Texas and... Well, you know, on our way down there, we'll go through one more fling, and they pull into you know, yep. the burger joint and order fifteen hamburgers. Mm. And <laughs> I don't know. It's, oh, seriously, it got way too depressing to watch. You just after a while, you couldn't watch it anymore. You felt terrible for these people. Well, some people did great. I mean, they did. Yeah, they did. They did it, and they went through it, and they followed his advice, and they'd follow up with them, and they were. But it's not very many people that are successful. No, they're not. Even very... after the surgery. Well, during that show, My 600-Pound Life, every time you watch it, they blame their weight on other people and other things. That's true. It was never their fault. It was somebody else's fault every time. And every time they had someone who was bringing food to them because That's they right. couldn't... Yeah. Yep. I don't get that. Bringing food to someone who is clearly so fat that they're going to be dead very soon. That's very true. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here. If you're ready to sell your home, you've probably heard that you should wait until spring. But why wait for temperatures to rise when the market is hot right now? Not selling in winter is a total myth. Truth is, buyers are hungry. And while other sellers and real estate agents hibernate, the Chris Lindahl team is selling homes like hotcakes. Chris has done a great job. We have our house on the market with Chris right now, as a matter of fact. And the video he did is amazing. The Chris Lindahl team is America's number one REMAX results team for a reason. They play to win. And they've got the skilled players to sell your home fast. In fact, they sell a home on average every nine hours for over the MLS average. Don't wait until spring to sell your home. Call the Chris Lindahl team at 763-401-SOLD. That's 763-401-SOLD. The first two callers will get a free staging package. This is a huge value, and it's only going to the first two Tom Bernard Show callers from this ad. That's 763-401-SOLD. Call now, get the free staging package, and grab the opportunity before winter is over. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. 
Yourself an egg and beat it. Oh my God! I lo- he is the nicest guy in the world. He really is. Weird Al Yankovic is a really, really good guy. That's stuff. You know, my favorite one he ever did though is another one rides the bus. I love that that thing. Instead, another one bites the dust. He has another one. Ooh, they're gonna sit by you. Another one rides the bus. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Uh, speaking of nice guys, uh, we have a uh, caller. A nice guy caller to this show? Yeah. <laughs> and he's a lawyer. What? It's I don't know if I'm buying it. Indeed. I'm not, <laughs> just, well, so if he's a nice guy and he's a lawyer, he obviously is not an ACLU guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's our caller? Mike Bryant. Hey, what? Really, Michael Bryant? Uh, I would have had. I had no idea it would have been you. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening, man? Not much. Just calling in, listening to you know the guy who's. Imagine there are people who are six hundred pounds that looked at the guy as eight thirty four, going, "Oh, look at that guy." (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean that's the whole problem. Uh, That that is the whole deal. You got you're at two hundred, you're at three hundred, four hundred, five hundred, six hundred. The the heaviest guy ever was what eleven or twelve hundred pounds something Ooh, like that. that is, you mean on the show or just in, in, in the world world history? That's I think it was like twelve hundred pounds. It's a uh, lot of person. Let's see here, heaviest man ever according to the Guinness Book. If it'll if ever it's over load. a thousand pounds, I'm going to faint. It is. I know that much. It's definitely over a thousand. pounds. Uh, oh my god! But he's tall. He's <laughs> tall. <laughs> 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 yeah, fourteen hundred pounds at his peak. Fourteen hundred. Wow. <clears throat> so he was a ton. Yeah, oh, almost. How did he get out of a door? You don't. He was stuck out in his no. bed. Yeah, yeah. Though, I remember when that those things were first reported, and I was a teenager. You first heard <sighs> the first story I ever heard about somebody that big, like you know, a thousand pounds or eight hundred pounds or whatever. I remember they had, the fire department had to come and get a guy, and they ended up having to cut the wall out of his house to get him out of his house yeah. because he couldn't yeah. get him out the door. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. Do you remember the story about the lady with the tuna fish sandwich that they found in like one of the rolls? Yes, she had a sandwich and a roll of fat. Ew, yeah. thanks for bringing Total. that up. Yeah. <laughs> well, do, you wow. re- do you recall who used to try to help these people? Mm, no. Dick Gregory. Oh, that's right. Dick Gregory lost wow. a lot of weight. Yeah, Dick Gregory lost a lot of weight. I remember that, and he did try to help all those people. And of course, so did uh, what's his face, Richard? What's his name? Richard Simmons. Simmons. Nixon. Richard Simmons. Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah Richard Nixon. <laughs> Say, listen, you better lose some weight. <laughs> Richard Nixon. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Oh God. Uh, yeah, it's 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 one of those. It's a it's a. I'm sorry, but it's a brain malfunction or it's a it's an emotional disorder. It's, it's an eating disorder. It was always every time they had a story about like you know how they were abused as a kid or they watched their mom die or something. Yeah, they that's every right. time they had some you know true, traumatizing yeah. childhood thing that they mentioned. It's just like yep. uh, on hoarders. They always had some childhood yeah. trauma that they. Uh, 
they thought that was the um, genesis of the thing. Right. Well, that's part that. of the story, though. Imagine a person going, well, I'm perfectly normal. <laughs> yeah, well, then. Uh, I just like to be fat. I just like to be 1,400 pounds. That's all there is to it. I remember a guy, when, again, when they, they took the wall out of that house, and then I had a friend that put on a few pounds after high school, and he said, you know, I'm really kind of worried about this. I'm going to have to figure this out because I don't want to be buried in a piano case. <laughs> like, what? What oh. is that to say? Like, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Because I think, that, oh, that story, you know, she actually oh, did die yeah. very young. Really? Yeah. She, she really did die young. The, the actress who, who played the mother in the movie did die really oh. young. It's an unfortunate story, but that guy that that, that well, there's a 1,200 pound guy, 1,400 pound guy, was buried in a piano case. I do remember that they couldn't find a casket big enough for him. So, you know, as a matter of fact, obviously this is not a weight issue, but I was talking to Mordahl this morning, you know, because he's he's not had a heater now in a, a few months, which is wonderful. That's amazing. He says he feels much better. He stopped smoking. And I said, the only thing I would warn you is that hand-to-mouth thing is going to be a bitch. So you're going to have sticks. to keep an eye on it. Something. Because you, 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 so many years put your hand up to your mouth so many times a day, your brain is going to tell you, you've got to put something in your mouth because you've been doing it for so long. It's that behavior is kind of locked in. So I don't know what you can do about that. Lollipops. And, you know, yeah, that's good. Put more sugar in your mouth. What a great idea. Yeah. Well, you know what his answer was? What? Sugar-free Werther's. That's oh, true. There you go. And, of course, he got criticized for that by Candace, who said, Werther's, that's like grandpa candy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, way to support him there, Candace. Really nice. Nice grandpa job. Candy. Nice support for him. It's Grandpa Candy. Oh, God. Good stuff, Candace. Werther's Originals. Werther's Originals. Fantastic. Moms are embarrassing, even when they're Oscar-winning legends, but Sally Field has succeeded in getting her single son in contact with the Olympics breakout star Adam Rippon. Page Six has exclusively learned that Field's son has reached out personally to figure skating darling Rippon to apologize for his mom's awkward attempts to set them up on a date. On Friday, filmmaker Sam Griesman, or Greisman, I suppose it probably, I don't think, Griesman, Sam Greisman tweeted a text conversation between him and Field in which uh, his doting mom encouraged him to find a way to ask the scene-stealing skater out on a date with Field telling her son of Rip on Sam, he's insanely pretty. The Forrest Gump actress unilaterally upped the ante by retweeting the conversation and tagged Rippon, who won a bronze medal in the team event. Why, the loser? <laughs> who needs a bronze medal? Uh, you know. uh, he won a bronze medal in the team event, presumably in hopes that he'd uh, see the exchange and reach out. But now we're told that Greisman was so embarrassed by his daringly direct mother that he reached out to Rippon by DM to break the ice. <laughs> an Olympic spy told us that an Olympic spy. Yeah. Really? Do you have Olympic spies over there? They're everywhere. An Olympic spy told us that they had overheard Rippon say that Greisman uh, had sent him a private message on Twitter to apologize for his mom embarrassingly try to set them up. Steelfield's plan may yet succeed. At least she's gotten them in touch with each other. Meanwhile, Rippon has said he was impressed by Field's bold wing woman moves. He added, I'm sure one day we're going to meet, but while Field and most of America may be infatuated with Rippon and his sassy social media and interviews. We're told he's caught an edge with fellow skater and NBC announcer Johnny Weir. Oh, somebody took attention away from Johnny Weir? We can't have That's that. That's hard to do. <laughs> that guy is the biggest 
pub hog I've yes, ever seen is. in my yeah. entire life. <laughs> Good God. Pay attention to me. Pay attention to me. Look at me. It's like a me, child. Me, me. I he is love like a child. watching the figure skating. I really do. But, but Tara, 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 and Lepinsky. Johnny, I, they're too precious. Terrible. I, I wish that they'd get a new. <laughs> they are terrible. Well, I it's can't true. do it. Tom, you realize you read a pun, by the way? What was the pun? Catch an edge. It says catch an edge. That's what it says. Yeah, that's a How pun. How is that a pun? Well, Skating that's, edge. Right. When you, you skate on your edges, and when you catch an edge, you fall down. Oh, you fall down when you catch an edge? Yeah. See, I didn't know that. Uh, sources tell page six at one time Olympian Weir is doing a flying spin with envy. There's another one, oh, apparently. there's another one. <laughs> Uh, because audiences find Rippon funnier and more lovable than he is. NBC even offered Rippon a correspondent job, but he turned it down to stay in the Olympic Village with his teammates. Johnny feels upstage now and threw a fit about Adam. An NBC insider sniffed, adding Johnny should spend less time on his Hunger Games hair. <laughs> and outfits. And outfits. His uh, Hunger Games hair and more time engaging the audience. Johnny Weir is terrible. At that job, I'm sorry. He's just an attention hog, as I said. But Wise Brother, which is a writing service for radio stations, and it's not ripping or whatever. But remember the last um, scene where he had like a star, a silver star, and a I don't know what was that in Johnny Weir's hair. He had real high hair. Yeah, I don't know. He had some deal going. Sticks all over the self. The guys at Wise Brother said Johnny Weir would make a perfect gay Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which so, is pretty funny. So are you a big Dick Buttons guy? Is that, that you want hey, Dick Buttons yeah. back? Yes. What is, is he 110 or how old is Dick Buttons now? <laughs> well, no, it's not Dick Buttons now. It's uh, the other guy. The um, other guy. Who? Scotty Hamill? Scotty Hamill. That's who. Yeah, we used to shoot Who's pucks Scotty at him. Hamill? Years ago, we used to you shoot used to pucks, shoot at, pucks him. at him. Yeah, I used to be at the same arena as I played junior. So as young teenagers... Fox with that guy. I feel bad about it now. Really? But at that point, it was funny. Hey, let me tell you something. We all feel really bad about the things we did when we were young. Right. Believe me. Well, <laughs> You're not the they only one. holes man. in my crease. They used to put little, little skate holes in my crease on those little. Oh, things. yeah. There's, so I was justified yeah. to shooting pucks at them. There's nothing worse <laughs> than having the ice time directly after the figure skater. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, just, they just carve it up so badly? Oh, I mean, just chunks. Whole, we we would skate at Augsburg after the figure skaters had been there for like three hours. And, you know, mm-hmm. team take my team out there for practice. And there would literally be holes with water just sitting in the hole. Yep. And you'd be like. Really? Yeah. You had to put a cone or something over it or have a coach stand there or. Yeah, I mean, it just oh, drove yeah, you insane. Those tips. Those picks. Well, where's, where's the uh, Zamboni? Well, the Zam- that's what fills, that's what's putting the water in the hole is the Zamboni. I mean, eventually. Oh, I didn't know that. Eventually, it'll freeze up, but, you know, it's not going to freeze up that fast. That's true. See, I thought they shaved the ice with a Zamboni. That's what I thought the Zamboni they, did. They shaved well, the ice. It does, but, but they also it melts the- because it's in shaving form right. now. But oh, really? they, but they also lay a layer of water down too. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so it can like freeze into a uniform sheet. That makes right. sense. Yeah. I right. didn't know that. But the figure skaters well, would make big holes to their spinning in one spot. Oh yeah, I suppose they dig these big holes. That makes sense. They dig big holes. Yep. Yeah, that makes complete sense. I never even thought about that, because I hate ice. 
<laughs> I've ever pointed out to you. I'm not a big fan of, are, of snow, ice, none of it. Or they would um, do their routine and be upset about something, go next to the boards and just kick a hole in the ice right next to the boards. It's like, why? What? You know, it's like, why? And then, you know, like I said, we got kids that we bring out there to skate directly after them, and you, you, you would spend the first 10 minutes, like, surveying the surface just to make sure that the kids wouldn't hit something that would hurt them. That's amazing to me. So how long, you guys probably know this, how long after the Zamboni makes its trip around the ice should you wait until the ice is hardened enough that you have one uniform sheet of ice? Oh, you can go if there's... Yeah. If there's no holes in it, you can go back out there immediately. Yeah, we'd go out as soon as the oh, morning went inside. Yep. Oh, so it's just the I, the figure skaters digging holes that right. creates the big problem. Right. Yep. Yep. That's, that's unbelievable. I still, you know, the one thing about hockey that oh my god, it's just I, that guy kicking the goalie in the neck and just yeah. slitting his throat. Mm-hmm. Who was that yep. again? Uh, Clint. Oh, M- that was Malarchik. Was yep. the goaltender yep. Malarchik was yep. a goal- goaltender? Mm-hmm. I one of the most hideous things I've ever seen in my entire life. Yep. There's no doubt about it. But they saved him. No doubt about it. And to this, oh, day, by the way, that's why what? you look at a goalie mass. It either comes really down below their chin, or they have that extra plastic piece that drops down. That's the reason why to prevent from that from ever happening ever again. Yep. Yeah, that was it. God. When I first watched hockey as a kid, Gump Worsley never even wore a mask. Right. Yeah, they, didn't, they didn't go up high, and they didn't have slap shots. Right, and they didn't. Too. They, but it still was tough. I mean, right. his face was all beaten up. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have curves blades either, which made yep. it makes it easier to lift the puck. Yep. I thought that was illegal to have a curved blade. No, you could have nope. it under a certain. There's a diameter. No. Of the oh, is it curve okay. or whatever? There's actually a tool that the referees can use to test, make sure it's below that. It's, so it's below a certain level, because otherwise, yeah. you would the puck just move way too fast, or would it just well, hook too they, much? What, well, if you had a major hook on it, you you basically hold on to the puck. Who could take it away from you? Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. You about like a lacrosse Michael, stick, right? Michael, you're going to stay for the next segment for a bit. Uh, sure. All right, we'll be back. Don Bernard Show. <laughs> 